The following talk was given at Mile High Church in Lakewood, Colorado. Please visit our website at milehighchurch.org. It's an interesting day. You might have noticed we've got a couple of flags on our stage this morning because it's Flag Day, and so we're honoring this wonderful United States of America with our flag on the stage, as well as it's the month of Pride, and so we've got our Pride flag on the stage because we celebrate Pride in a big way here at Mile High Church. And so we are delighted to be, be sharing those two wonderful things, as well as I chose a topic a number of months ago, I think it was, probably six weeks ago, and my topic today is from awful to awful. And so I, it's a kind of a play on words, if you will, and I, I, I thought it was pretty relevant at the time because I was looking at the things that people were going through, the challenges that people were going through, and I, I, it's been it's been one of my deepest desires as a minister always to help people to rise above their challenges and if they're not experiencing challenges to continue to move forward to the next great possibility in their life. And so I chose this topic to really lean into that notion of sometimes we can be tempted to look around at the world and think that something or someone or some condition is just awful. And we want to transcend it and we want to go beyond it. And as Jean said in that video, I also feel that as I've noodled on this talk since creating that topic, that things have gotten more and more intense for us on this planet. And that we are at a key moment in our evolutionary history as humanity that invites each one of us in our own way, whether we find ourselves experiencing what we would call awful conditions or we're looking at the world and seeing things are awful or if we're just sort of standing by saying, well, let's just see what happens. We're all in a position, I think, where we're being challenged to ask ourselves exactly what Jean challenged us to do. What kind of world do we want to live in? What kind of world do we want to co-create? What kind of world do we want to continue to bring forth? And there's this really key concept that I want to lean into today that has to do with, with somewhat of the energy of awfulness, but it has to do with inviting us to consider, do we want to live in a world where people argue all the time to be right and argue for their limitations and argue with each other and argue for what's not possible and get righteous and get small-minded and stuck? Or do we want to live in a world that is more inclusive of everyone? Everyone's viewpoints, everyone's thoughts, everyone's possibilities, all working together to create a whole new world, which I think is what we're being called into right now. A whole new world with new systems in, in just about every area of our life. New ways of seeing and being. And those of us who are feeling stuck or lost or unsure or even looking out at different things going on and thinking, well, that's awful that that's happening. Well, that's awful that that's happening. And how awful of a time is this? It's an opportunity today to challenge ourselves in our stuckness about awfulness. When I was a kid, my mother used to say to my sister and me all the time, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. I can't tell you how many times she told us that. I think she didn't want us to get too caught up in our looks and thinking that we had to be beautiful to be successful. 
But as I thought about that phrase over and over, and it kept coming to me, it inspired some of what I want to talk about today. Because I would say to us today that awful is in the eye of the beholder. Just think about that for a minute. There are things that have happened to me in my life that other people might look at and say, well, that's awful. And for me, I thought, well, that's interesting. That's no big deal. And vice versa. I've looked at other people and thought, oh, my gosh, that's awful that that's happening. Or I've looked at conditions in the world and said, that's awful. And so today I really want to dance with the perception that we get stuck in, whether we want to call something awful or bad or wrong or horrible, that's kind of the energy that we sometimes get caught up in with this concept of awfulness. We get stuck in our thoughts. And the fascinating thing about our minds and our brains is that our brains are designed in this really profoundly ingenious way to support us in continuing to see the perception that we have about life. And so what will happen often is we will get caught up in a perception of ourselves or of the world or of a person that says that's awful. That's just awful. And then we will continue to draw to us and our mind, our brain, will only see that which proves that we're right about the awfulness. And so we will find ourselves continually pulled into factoids and comments and people and conditions and things that continue to prove, see, I was right, see how awful it is. In her book, Rising Strong, Brené Brown talks about a neurologist and a novelist named Robert Burton who did some research on the brain. And he says that every time we have a perception and we prove ourselves right, we get a dopamine response. And that a lot of us are really addicted to that dopamine. So we look at some condition and we draw conclusions and we create a story about it. And our brain rewards us for putting the story together. It's almost like, well, there it is. See, I now see how awful it is. And it might be just a moment, like I said, a factoid, a moment in time where we see a person or a condition and we create an assumption and then we go with it. I don't know if any of you have experienced this, but I certainly have had people in my life, in my personal life, in my professional life, uh, create a whole assumption about who I am and what I believe and what I really think based on a moment they had with me. Maybe it was a moment that I wasn't so skilled in my personal behavior, or maybe it was a moment where I wasn't so perfectly spiritual, or maybe it was a moment where I didn't impress them or whatever, and there's a whole story that unfolds. And then there can be a temptation to continue to have that story linger. And if you've ever experienced that like I have, it can be very painful to know that someone has a perception of you that, that doesn't feel true for you, but you can't change it. And often it's based on a moment that they shared with you, a moment that they saw you, a moment they had a conversation, and a whole story ensued. And so we get to transcend that in our personal lives and our professional lives. Now also there can be times when we have a relationship or a condition that lingers, that continues on, and we continue to perceive it as awful, as bad, as horrible, and it continues to, to prompt us to deepen into our frustration and our pain and our suffering. And in our personal lives this can happen and in our collective lives this can happen. We could be tempted right now to look out at the world and say, it's all falling apart. It's awful. There's nothing we can do. We're stuck. So awful is in the eye of the beholder. 
Our brains tell us this. But I would also say then, awful is in the eye of the beholder as well. The ability that our, our conscious awareness has to choose to transcend our challenges and our perceptions allows us to experience awe if we're willing. And we know that we all have to evolve and change and shift our thinking in order to move forward. My goodness, if I continued to persist in believing in the things that I believed when I was five years old, I would be suffering greatly right now, waiting for Santa Claus to bring me stuff all the time. I would be waiting for lots of things. But I know now, as I've evolved and grown in my thinking, shifted and changed, seen things differently, learned more, that there's a more expansive view for me. And for me, awe is the presence of God. Awe can be that moment of connection, can be that moment of spiritual truth showing itself to me, can be that moment where I see the expansive nature of life or of a person or of a condition or a situation, and I see it in all of its beauty and glory and messiness and complicatedness, but I see the vast expansiveness of it. And in that moment, something opens up in me, and there's a potentiality for me to actually grow, to evolve, to shift, to change, to have a new thought, to have a new feeling, to have a new life. I think that's what we're being called to. And we have to challenge ourselves out of our limited, small perspectives about life. Let's talk about right now, you're, there's a camera on me. And I'm going to invite the camera to go to a more focused picture of me, a little bit focused in, how about that camera right there? You can see me a little more closely. Just notice, just right here, right now, you can see me. And for some of you, I hope that's nice and not awful, but, it's, you know, it's, you can see me. And, but you can't see the, the greater perspective. If this was the only camera shot that we used for this whole service, all you would see is this closer version of Michelle. You wouldn't hear the musicians. You wouldn't see the stage. You wouldn't see much more. And so it's a very limited perspective. It has its pros. It has its cons, probably. But it's a very limited perspective perspective. If we take that and we expand it out into a more expanded version on a different camera that has a little bit more of a scene, we see that when we can see more, we, we can feel more connected and we can feel more included, even though we're not in this room. You're not in this room with us, but you can feel more included in our experience of our service together. You can see more of our stage. You can see more of our, our candles and our lights, and you can feel a little bit more here and present than if you're right up close on me. And with with an even more expanded version of another camera, we can see an expansion of the, the stage. And that expanded viewpoint allows us to see more, to feel more, to be more expanded. But notice that everything that was in the limited perspectives that we had along the journey of these cameras was still in the picture, was still right there. It's not that we have one or the other, that things are either awful or they're awful. They're actually both. They're actually both and. 
And as we begin to learn this and see this perspective and shift our perspective, we gain a greater sense of the possibilities of life and we enter into those possibilities from a creative standpoint that allow us to be part of solutions and possibilities and the greater evolution that's calling to each one of us. Because if I stay in awful and in that limited perspective, then that is the place from which I continue to create and from where I continue to get more of what I feed, of what I feed, of what I give energy to, of what I look at, of what I pay attention to, of what I'm about. Whereas if I choose to have that greater perspective that can see all of that stuff that's not so great and I'm not so sure of and I'm not, I'm not really clear about, but I also can lean into the awe of, wow, look what's happening. Then I can be in a feeling, in a presence, a part of that expansion that is calling to each one of us right now. I want to show you some pictures that uh, Colleen Stevens, one of our members, sent to me. Some beautiful pictures that are from Manhattan, and they are from a beautiful, beautiful artist, a floral designer, Lewis Miller Design, who created floral flashes in Manhattan. This was something that he'd been doing for a long time, and at first he wanted to make New Yorkers smile, and during this coronavirus experience where the streets were empty, he wanted to create these beautiful places and help people smile, and he also did it as a tribute to those on the front lines, those healthcare workers who have been supporting people so diligently all over our world and in his town of Manhattan. What I like about these pictures is that he was not trying to hide the ugly parts. If you see some of the pictures, if we continue to scroll through them, that one is in a trash can. He's taking a trash can and making it beautiful and, and making it glorious. The next one is graffiti, and one might be tempted to erase the graffiti, the ugly part, but instead he incorporated the graffiti into the flower arrangements, and what we have then is a work of art a thing of beauty, something that for me brings me great awe. But I call us to be aware of, not only for these flowers, but for you, for me, for this life we're sharing right now, every part that you or I might deem to be awful or ugly or not wanted is a part of the expansive reality that's calling to us. Our founder, Dr. Ernest Holmes, said to us, It is a popular belief that those who practice this science are a class of people who declare that everything is perfect when, as a matter of fact, everything in the objective experience of the human race is not perfect and indeed is far from being perfect. This popular idea of the practice of spiritual science is entirely a misconception. A religious scientist is not one who assures themselves that wrong is right, that evil is good, that limitation is freedom, that bondage is liberty, or that sickness is health. They do not claim that our objective experience is an illusion, but they do make this claim that behind the phenomena of human and material existence, behind the slow and persistent process of evolution, there is, as Emerson stated, one mind common to all people. They claim that this mind is perfect and that they have access to this mind. So continued 
perspectives of awfulness leaves me stuck in my small, limited viewpoints. Whereas, if I choose to step back and see the bigger picture, I can find the awfulness in any condition or situation. I get to view people, conditions, and situations in their wholeness, in their possibility, in their evolutionary dance and movement, in what is being called forth. And I get to be a part of that. And how then can I do that? For me, my work is always noticing where I'm caught up in persisting in believing that something or someone is awful and challenging myself to find the awe in the awful. And so I have two steps for how we can do that today. First of all, we have to give ourselves permission to feel. As Ernest Holmes was just saying in this, in this reading that I quoted, we are not a teaching of denial. The trick isn't to look away from the horribleness or the awfulness or the pain or the suffering of ourselves or our world, to ignore it, to push it down, to pretend it's not there, to just be like, uh, like uh, whatever, it's, I'm going to affirm a good thought, I'm going to have a happy thought. It's about looking into, and we've been saying this throughout this coronavirus experience, throughout this time where we can't be together. I've heard so many of our wonderful, brilliant ministers continue to talk about we have to be willing to walk through the feelings that we're having, through the loneliness, through the frustration, through the sadness, through the confusion, through the, I don't even know what to do in this moment, through the, I, I, I'm stuck. Through all of that, we have to be willing to feel that and acknowledge that and be with that. And so for me, that has me doing a lot of journaling, talking to people when I'm feeling that frustration and sharing it, uh, allowing myself to be seen even in that. But I find that that's not the end. I then have to continue to walk through that into a place where I can reclaim the awfulness of life because to have my feelings all of them the good the bad and the ugly is a huge part of what allows us to be these amazing human beings we are and to create the life that we want to create together the challenge is that times like this can cause us to fall into the awful feelings and be stuck and that's that's where I'm prodding us today to say, please, my beloveds, don't get stuck in the awfulness. Get stuck in the awfulness. Allow the awfulness to guide and lead us through the valley of the shadow of death into the great awe and wonder that the divine is working through us. And so as we move through those feelings and emotions, I saw a talk by Dr. Michael Beckwith recently, and he was talking about these huge feelings of anger we might have or frustration. And he was saying, don't, don't just set it aside, use it. If I'm feeling angry, he says, I will get in that angry spot and I will affirm, I am a child of God. I am whole, perfect, and complete. He was talking about really using our emotions and using our body and using all that we are to create the life we want to create. And that, for me, often leads me to that awe feeling because it connects me with me and it it helps me to process and move through. And then I can think more clearly. I can have a new thought. I can think higher thoughts. But I often have to, at that point, then take the things that I'm worried about, thinking about, concerned about, don't know what to do about, into prayer. And for me, over and over again, when I do that, I get insight. 
deeper insight that's transcendent of my previous perceptions, that's transcendent of my, my frustrating emotions, that's transcendent of anything that I'd thought before that prompts me to see people and things and situations from that broader perspective. Sometimes they're merely what-ifs, but those what-ifs often lead me to beautiful, beautiful places, lead me back to myself, back to the wholeness of who I am, which allows me to look at you or anyone else in our world and begin to see the wholeness of them, to see any condition from the perspective of wholeness. And that's a huge part of what we're about here at Mile High Church. We choose. We choose to stand in that ground of, of awe and wonder and see the beauty. Sometimes I challenge myself to look out at the world and look at flowers like we saw pictures of and look at sunsets to bring myself back into that awe and just feel and sense the beauty that life is. And we call ourselves to that. And we call every person to the authenticness of their being, transcendent of awfulness and into the awe of who they are. I mentioned earlier that we go to Pride every year. We have a booth usually. We are in the parade here in Denver, and we're very proud to be able to do that. And, and being in, at Pride has been one of the most touching experiences of my life, to tell you the truth, because people show up at Pride, and they're just, they're just themselves. Body, audacious, crazy, wild, calm, people of all walks of life the LGBTQ community, the straight people, the not-so-sure people, dressed as they want to dress, colorful dresses, colorful outfits, and they stand for we can all be who we are and show up authentically in our lives. And we're so sad that this year, of course, to be more protective of people, we're not going to have the Pride Fest or the parade, but we're still celebrating Pride. It's awesome, it's awe-wonderful, and awe-filling to be able to stand and watch people in the, in the essence of who they are. That's our Pride experience. This is my Pride wig, so I'm wearing it today in honor of Pride and in honor of the opportunity that we all have to stand in our life at all times, in all ways, in awefulness. And so we invite you to do that this week, to take time out this week, to challenge your perceptions, to challenge your, your ideas of things, to take things into prayer, to feel your feelings, and to move forward into that greater expansiveness that I think life is calling us to. This is a part of how we evolve and stand together and authentically as us. And so with that, I invite you to join me in prayer. So we take a deep breath and just allow ourselves to feel into this beautiful moment of connectedness, to sense the divine life that is calling to each one of us, to feel that our natural state of being is the flowing, effervescent waters of pure love and light and wholeness. This is the God presence that lives everywhere in everything and in every person, in every condition and every situation. To recognize that that this place, this perception, this place of awe within us is the seed for the evolution and change that we are seeking on this planet. It's the ability to see ourselves as this divine life and to see all beings everywhere equally as expressions of God and to see and sense 
that presence within ourselves, that guiding presence, that presence of wisdom and wholeness within ourselves. And so in this prayer, we, we say yes to that. We breathe it in. We feel it in our bodies. We feel it in our mind, in our, our brain that thinks. We feel it in our words that choose to speak. We feel it as our very beingness, the wholeness of who we are, the awe and wonder of who and what we are. I invite us to breathe it and to claim it and to stand as witness to it in life. I accept and affirm that this week as we go forth, this God presence as each one of us challenges us to step out beyond the comfort zones and the habits of mind into greater expanses of perceptions and possibilities, to stand with every being on this planet, to stand with the people in our lives, the people in our families, the people we share this life with, and to stand with ourselves in that authentic place of being who we are and allowing all beings to be who they are. And I accept and affirm that for any of us who are experiencing any condition that we would proclaim to be awful, I declare that the power and the presence of the divine is right there, right where that awful thing or experience is. And that a transcendent call is now ringing out from this place to all beings everywhere to say, oh, my beloved, step into the fullness of the God life that is right within. Claim it, accept it. And that we hear that call and we say yes. I declare that that power and that presence is right here, right now, where each one of us is, calling us forth powerfully and profoundly. And with great love and joy and great gratitude, I simply release this prayer now into the action of that universal law. I let it go. I let it be. And we know this together. And I declare, and so it is. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Mile High Church podcast. This podcast is made possible by the generous contributions from listeners like you. If you'd like to make a donation, please visit us at milehighchurch.org. Have a fabulous day.